Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Darshini Santhanam. Darshini has over 18 years of experience enabling and developing individuals, teams, and organizations to achieve sales growth in the digital technology space. With a focus on learning and marketing, her breadth of experience stretches across strategy, management, sales, business development, program management, support, and operations. She has led teams and has held business-critical leadership roles at Google and Microsoft across the APAC and EMEA regions, and even run global teams. She currently leads the global scaled customer training function for Google Cloud and is based in London. Darshini is especially passionate about driving equality and inclusiveness, both in the workplace and beyond. She is heavily engaged in corporate diversity initiatives, has founded the Women of Cloud Lean In Circle in Singapore, mentors and trains various underrepresented groups, and is actively engaged in her executive role with women at Google. Outside of work, you'll find her outdoors with her two kids and two dogs taking time to learn something new or simply just running, cooking, and upcycling. Check out her LinkedIn profile to learn more. Welcome to the show, Darshini. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I'm thrilled to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Darshini, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Thank you for asking, Jennifer. Um, Mm -hmm. I started my career in online advertising at a time when it was still this emerging technology that less than a percent of advertisers were even considering as an option. And then since then, I've really moved various functions, but very often aligning myself to what has felt like the newest technology at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in roles um, in operations, sales, marketing, training and development, product. But really, for me, my passion has been in training and learning. So I keep coming back there and I've spent the last six months, uh, sorry, the last six years mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the training space. Um, and primarily in the cloud space, which is really the technology of now and uh, where there's a ton of questions to be answered. Yeah, I should also call out that I've actually had the privilege of uh, working in both regional and global roles. And I've lived and worked in uh, various markets, uh, including India, Ireland, Singapore, and now in the UK. Wow, wow, what an extensive background, starting in online advertising, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And um, I think, you know, you and I both shared this operation, sales, training, uh, learning and development, all of that. I have that background as well, but my passion is also learning and development. And you and I are both very passionate about continuous learning. Why is learning so important? Oh, I love this question. Uh, where do I even begin, Jennifer? Why is mm-hmm. learning important? Learning is life. <laughs> yes. And I mean, Keeping yourself open to learning opportunities really means you're ready to take on whatever comes. In today's day and age, really nobody is going to college and graduating with the skills they need to get there, get through the rest of their career. Mm-hmm. There is no thing anymore, right? You, there right. is no one job that people do anymore. So if you're not learning, you're just not relevant. And if mm-hmm. I think back to my first job, that job's not relevant anymore. If I think mm-hmm. back to my job from eight years ago, that's not relevant anymore. 
Um, so if you're not learning, if you're not staying on top of it, if you're not giving yourself the opportunity to acquire new skills, you're just really losing out on the opportunities around you. So, you know, I think we also need to remember that learning isn't just learning for the sake of doing a job. So I should clarify that. Um, mm -hmm. learning, isn't, learning isn't any one kind either. You've got, you know, professional development. You've got languages. You've got job-specific skills. And then you have technical skills. But you also have all these other skills that you can acquire for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Go learn pottery, right? Go learn how to make great coffee. Learn how to knit or crochet. Anything at all that brings you that joy. Um, all of these are different ways in which you're just training yourself to be sharp and ready for whatever comes your way. You really never know where you may find your next passion. And learning is what really helps you test that out. To see, I love that. <laughs> I love that you said learning is life. Because I always say, if you're not continuously learning, you're dead. And that's really the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. So that's great. Great. So the IT industry is constantly changing, right? I mean, every day there's new things and every day we have to learn about new things. What are some ways that you can stay on top of the technologies and be more relevant, like you said? Indeed, indeed, Jennifer. The IT industry is constantly changing. Um, and the onset of generative AI is something else that's changing the industry as we speak right now. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's a ton of great resources out there. That's the beautiful thing about IT. Because it's IT, everything's available online. Mm -hmm. So all you need to do really to get started is do a quick search, identify a topic as a starting point, or speak to a friend. I think we underestimate that. Go talk to someone in your own network or talk to a friend's friend who has some experience in this sit down, have a coffee and understand, hey, what's going on and where do I begin? Like if I'm interested in this and I want to understand it further, what's a good starting point? Ask for right. right? right. Mm -hmm. And then go watch a video. It costs nothing. It just takes a couple of minutes of time. Go watch a video and start browsing. Then doing your own research, like sort of feed your curiosity a little bit and see what gets you there. With IT, um, beyond just all of the theory that exists online, there's a ton of great tools available for you to go acquire hands-on skills as well. And these are all testing environments, right? So it's a great way to go say, hey, I want to do a little bit of coding and see how it lands. Mm -hmm. And then get your feedback on it or learn from others who have done that. So there's a ton of content and resources available out there where you can turn some of that interest into theory and theory into actual hands-on experience. Now, um, now, do you get these free? How does one start to find these tools? Yeah, that's another good question. There is a lot of information out there for free, whether mm -hmm. it's looking at YouTube videos or going into specific online education catalogs and looking through those. There's a ton available for free. But I do think that if you want to go deeper or if you want to commit to a longer learning experience, you might have to commit some funding towards mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, the piece that I would say is worth considering if you're serious about staying on top of all things IT is certification. Mm. IT requires certification. It is a professional role. Mm -hmm. um, so go get trained, starts to get exciting, starts to pique your interest, go deeper, get the hands-on experience, and then invest in getting yourself certified in, in the technology. Mm -hmm. 
And why is certification important? Well, uh, first things first, certification makes you more hireable. So mm. if you're looking at IT as a very serious path for you, mm-hmm. and even in IT, if you intend to continue on, you need to continuously stay up to date on your certifications. So certifications are great indicators of expertise. Mm-hmm. Hiring managers love certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they're considering certifications seriously or more seriously than university degrees today when it comes that's to great. yeah like i mean that's what's expertise now so so going after it is super critical um and it does give you that depth of knowledge right it goes well past the surface level content and it it, it, it is testing for a deeper understanding so mm-hmm. it's well uh, i also do want to call out that not all certifications are equal you have your deeply professional certifications but you also have an associate level certification, which gives you um, the skills, but aren't necessarily as deep as professional. They're a great stepping stone to professional. And then Mm -hmm. there's the business certification as well, right? So most IT providers also offer what's known as the business certification, which is Uh really to help people who are not in technical roles, but are in tech organizations to speak the language and to understand the trends well. So there's something for everyone. Right. That's great that the business certification is also coming out because the business side is just as important as the technical role in a technical organization or in any organization, right? 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, business needs to be able to understand tech in order to make better decisions. And tech needs to understand business to, to you know, right. your life. So, so it's right. two cents of a coin, really. Yes, I know that a while ago, this, they were not talking a lot about the business certifications and tech would try to communicate with upper leadership as to why they need certain technologies and they would fail because they really didn't know how to show the business ROI on that technology. And now they are learning that and going through the business certification is critical. Yeah, and um, the, this is a great example, Jennifer, of of why business leaders also need to be really equipped with the knowledge and skills that come with Mm -hmm. all things right can you just imagine if years ago business leaders had had the opportunity to make better decisions around tech when tech was asking for those decisions Mm -hmm. right change could have happened so much sooner in many ways. So really, I mean, look, there's learning for everyone. There's learning for every type of role that potentially exists today. And um, I I think it's so critical to be familiar. Mm -hmm. With all the options. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You really laid it out very well. So thank you for that. So taking time to learn is always a challenge, right? Everybody wants to learn, but may not have the time or the energy by the time they have the time late at night. What are some ways that you can learn both formally and informally that you could put as part of your routine? I love this question. (laughs) Um, And it makes me think of something that I read once. Uh, So credits to the author. I can't remember where exactly I read it. Okay. um, I read somewhere once that it's what you do in your free time that determines what your next role will be. Ah. So really the way I see it as is an investment. This is not a chore. This is not a must do. This is an investment in your own self. Mm -hmm. So 
I would say, you know, yes, taking time to learn something is always a challenge, but not doing it has far dire consequences over this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right? true. And I mean, learning is fun. You and I are both in the learning space. I think you'd agree with me. I agree. Say. You have to make it fun. If it's not fun, then don't do it, you know, uh, because you have to have a passion for it and you and I both have that passion and that's why we think it's fun but a lot of people might not and it's really then not for you you know but right. learning is so important so important for everybody to grow absolutely learning is supposed to be joyous it's supposed to be this incredibly rewarding experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so it's really important for individuals then like you said to sort of ask yourself what are you gravitating towards? Like, and learning is such a risk-free way to identify if something's interesting to you or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, going and attending the wrong lecture or signing up for the wrong program, you're still going to learn something. Like, it's, it's yeah. never going to waste, right? Um, Absolutely, but yeah. It's such a great way to get a taste of, or look, would I like to spend eight hours of my day doing that? You know, does this seem interesting to me? And it's such a risk-free way to evaluate that. I love what you said. Um, it's an investment in you. It's creating a better you. If you want to do that, then learning is the best way to do that. And it doesn't have to be technical or non-technical. It can be anything, you know, and it can be formal or informal, which can make it fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, can, I can share a personal example, Jennifer. Sure. So right now, yes. um, I'm actually pursuing my third formal degree. Um, wow. It's an executive master's. I love it. It keeps me so busy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I spend a couple of hours a, um, over weeknights and then, you know. What are your other up. two degrees? Um, so I, I, my other two degrees were my bachelor's and my first master's. So this is my second. Mm -hmm. Oh, master's. wow. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing it in change. So mm -hmm. it, it's a topic that, you know, I, I'm happy to spend the time. I'm happy to make the investment, right? That's I took great. my time to make the decision to do it. And then mm -hmm. once I did, um, I set life up and, you know, I struck a deal with my family saying, look, this means I'm going to have to go away every couple of months and mm -hmm. go, go to school. And I'm going to have to spend some of my weekends. And when I'm working, I really need you not to disturb me. Mm -hmm. and they, they value that. And, you know, learning being such a critical value for me, I want to see that. I want my kids to see that in action as well. That's great. That's so great to get them as part of it, right? Because you can't do it on your own and you don't want to feel guilty at the end of the day that you weren't there with them while you were learning, you know, <laughs> you want right. to be happy about doing it. Yeah. Very right. great. So, That's great. So, yeah. I mean, if, and if you think about then how do you make the time for it, like take a call based on priorities. If it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like the right time, it's not the right time. You're mm -hmm. not going to enjoy the learning. But once you commit to it and you feel like this is what I have to do for myself and this is what mm -hmm. I feel like I need to do, then create the space to go do it. Um, and, yeah. and, you, and deprioritize something else. So you have, you're mm -hmm. giving yourself the bandwidth to do that. And the, um, the beauty of what you did was that you sat with them, you explained to them what you were doing, why it was important, why it was beneficial to them and you. I think that's so valuable, you know, to have them a part of that decision. Yes, absolutely, Jennifer. I mean, um, yeah, the, you, you're not going to learn in a vacuum, right? We still operate mm -hmm. in society when we're off doing these things for ourselves. Uh, same holds true with a full-time job as well, right? Like if you're trying to learn something on top of a job, 
Um, sometimes it means just creating boundaries for yourself and then having the mm -hmm. discipline to see that through and like reminding yourself that this is the investment you're making in yourself. Now, it helps if you put some money down for a course, sure. because then you're automatically going to be committed to it. Yep, yep. Um, Very true. But I, but I also do want to say that, look, many courses, and I've done these in the past, you know, for a while there, I had this, uh, I still do actually, this goal for myself where I would say, learn one new thing every year, right? It could mm -hmm. be anything, but I, it can just go do it. And, uh, you know, through that, I kind of went and learned um, sign language. Nice. I, Went and learned negotiation skills one year. Mm -hmm. um, I did a program on strategy, disruptive strategy once. So, you know, you just kind of very Open up. your mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, once a year means I'm probably investing two or three months in that year. Mm -hmm. Once a week mm -hmm. for two or three months is, what, 12 hours in a year? Yep, yep. To, to do something that, that should be doable, right? That should but be doable, yeah. The commitment's got to come first. Yes, yes. I love that. So you are also a very, very strong advocate for mentoring. Tell us ways to find a great mentor. Also share with us how you found a mentor and some of the ways to be a great mentee, because it really takes two to make the relationship work. I agree. It definitely takes two to make the relationship work. Um, I have had some fantastic mentors in my life. Um, I have found them often by chance, actually, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. It's typically mm -hmm. in the workplace where I've kind of looked at someone going, I like what she does. And mm -hmm. most of my mentors have been women. Um, and I'm kind of drawn to a certain quality. And then mm -hmm. I reach out going, hey, can we go grab a coffee when you're free for 30 minutes? Sure. And then we sit down and then it turns into this mentoring relationship. Nice. Um, I've had some male mentors as well, where I've sort of, again, I've kind of watched them in action and I've identified certain qualities that really resonate. And then mm -hmm. I go ask for a conversation and then mm -hmm. ask for advice. And that turns into that sort of mentoring relationship. Now, what have you found like, um, the differences between a male mentor and a female mentor, anything? I think... Mm, largely not that different mm -hmm. but, but I do think that with women sometimes I have received mentoring advice that um, that's that's deeper mm, and okay. more relevant in some ways to myself okay okay makes more um, sense to you right it just yeah. feels right yeah it does. Because they, they, we think one way, right? We, we're thinking a certain way. And so they're kind of reigniting that thought process for you. Whereas a man might be more broader, I think. Right, right. And mm -hmm. especially when it comes to topics of how do I manage my priorities at home with my priorities at work and how do I balance ambition? You know, some of the fears we have as women in the space, I actually think it's only best understood by other women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to say that, you know, I've had some fantastic male mentors and coaches as well who've, who've also done a brilliant job of understanding where we are. Mm -hmm. But there's something about a shared experience mm -hmm. that I think holds true for some of the female mentors that I've had in my life. And, and I'll say this, sometimes the advice that I receive from my female mentors are 
are hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. And you want that. You want the truth. You want yeah. it authentic. You want it to be real. So you yeah. do want that. Yeah. So you, you don't want somebody to just sugarcoat everything, you know? No, no. You, you want the real stuff and you want to be prepared, right? And right. that's what mentoring allows you to do. It allows you to be prepared for those tough moments, those sticky mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, you asked me what it takes to be a good mentee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I need to address that as well. Yes, please. Um, I think that, um, so, you know, I've had the good fortune of being a mentee and then becoming a mentor as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lifelong journey of being both, right? You're both the mm-hmm. learner and the learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd say, I think the most important thing about being a mentee is coming to it ready to be fully present. Yes. Right. Come to the conversation without an expectation for what the responses look like, but with an expectation for what you want to get out of it. Yep. So bring your whole self. Yeah, bring your whole self to the session, right? You are an individual. You're not just who you are at work or at home. You are both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then give give that to your mentor-mentee relationship so that your mentor is able to fully guide you as well. Mm-hmm. And also, I think mentees need to kind of guide the conversation where they need help. Uh, What types of questions do they have? What challenges are they facing? So always be prepared to bring those things up in your conversation, correct? hundred percent. I mean, think about all the challenges you're facing and then start to think about patterns. Bring those things to the conversation, Mm -hmm. right? It's prepared, Mm -hmm. right? And do homework. If you have homework, Mm -hmm. do the homework because that's going to be valuable to take the conversation forward. but really just be super present and ask questions. Be curious about yourself, about where your thoughts go, about where um, where or why the mentor may be sharing what they are sharing. Right, right. No, that's great. Great, great advice. So what challenges have you faced in your career and how have you overcome them? This is actually a really hard one to answer, Jennifer, mm-hmm. because I don't, think, I don't think my challenges are different from what anyone else is facing. Mm. But um, I think I'd like to respond to your question with a specific sort of moving target of a challenge that I have sure, right now. Sure, sure. Um, and, and that's really around balance. So it's not so much the work-life balance, so to speak, but it's a balance of when I want to pursue my own ambitions and goals and when I want to pursue my personal priorities. Mm. Right. And and the reason I call it a moving target is my family's needs are constantly changing. Uh-huh. As the kids grow from young kids to older kids, what they need and what they need from me is constantly varied. Uh-huh. Now, for me, I think the challenge that I have personally is just, is this going to be the year where I lean into work? Is this going to be the year where I lean into to life uh-huh. right? and, and into family? Very and tough, think, yeah. It's tough, but I do think about it a little proactively to have some plan. I can't say it's a perfect plan, but mm-hmm. I kind of look at it going, okay, 2023, I'm going to sort of go 50-50 on both. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. Last year, I'm, we made the big move from Singapore to London. I chose family over work when I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did because we had so much change at home. Sure. I said, it'll be 60-40, right? Mm-hmm. In, so I'm not going to commit to crazy things at work and that's okay 
but I am going to commit to being present for my family. Now, mm-hmm. going into 24, that may look very different. And there have been so times- So 60% family and then 40% work. Right. In that year. Yeah, that's right. great. And this isn't so much a time sub, you know, division, but it's just a, the way I prioritize, you know, whether I and say And what yes really sucks your time or energy, right? I mean, it's really right. what takes from you. Yeah. Right, right. Very interesting. You have a lot of great, great thoughts and you spend a lot of time planning, which I love because, you know, the only way things happen is when you plan it. And it may not happen 100%, but if you don't plan it, you're, you're planned to fail, basically. Right. And, you know, I said this <laughs> someone laughed at me the other day, Jennifer, but I said planning helps me feel prepared for yes. whatever change comes my way. Yes. And they're like, I don't get it. If it changes, then what happened to your plan? I said, no, that, that's the exact point. That's okay. If yeah. I have a plan, I can do anything. Right. But if I don't have a plan, everything is daunting. And it caught, catches you off guard. You, you can't plan. I'm very much of a planner. And I like that. I like that ability to control the, the outcomes. Yeah. Through planning. Yeah, that's great. No, I agree with you 100%. So, um, you know, this podcast is focused around bridging culture, pay, and employment gap for women in tech. What are you seeing from your lens in the industry today? I love what you're doing with this podcast, Jennifer. I think that, Thank you. Um, that this is so critical for here and now. Um, you know, I, I think it's a mixed bag, really, I have to say. Um, I feel privileged to see the kinds of areas in which we have grown, right? I think it's becoming a better and better place for women in tech, Mm -hmm. but there's still a long way to go. Go. Yep. I agree. There's still a lot of work to be done. Yep. And uh, I think, what was it? 80 cents to a dollar. Is that the Mm -hmm. ratio? 81, I think. Yeah. I said, yeah. Somewhere between 80 and 82 cents uh, to Mm -hmm. a dollar is where, and I think that hits, uh, somewhere in the third week of October is when mm-hmm. women are not getting paid for the year. Jeez, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, that really, we should be a lot further, but we seem to go backwards some, some years, you know, during the yeah. pandemic, so many of the women left the workforce because there was so many demands on working from home and, and uh, balancing everything. It was very, very tough. And hopefully that we'll see that changing now that the pandemic is done and, you know, we're, we're moving forward. So I hope so. Yeah. And I hope that people remember that it doesn't mean we go back to exactly what we were doing before either, because women were being overworked prior to the right. pandemic. Right, right, right. Absolutely um, right. But that we really need to fundamentally rethink then how we create that equitable workforce. So there's mm-hmm. so much more work to be done, Jennifer. Um, that's it. I, I should call out, um, you know, you know this, I spend a fair amount of time in my week also coaching and um, mm-hmm. I come across a lot of women in the early career stage in, in my coaching hours. And um, I, I'm quite encouraged when I hear them talk about their own ambitions, their own goals and how they're just unashamedly asking for what they deserve. Um, that's and great. I'm, I learned so much from those sessions, Jennifer. (laughs) Is that more the younger generation doing that or all? Yes, I would say more the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's also a certain beautiful boldness to that early career population. Yeah. 
there's they're just out there they know what they're worth and they're not afraid to ask it ask and, for and it I yeah love that. that makes me feel really hopeful for the future because we got to make these changes you know decade on decade so that's absolutely right they have a voice that's that's what's yeah. so important at the table now we just have to catch them between the ages of eight and 13 to get mm -hmm. interested in technology so that they can take that as a career. Because if you don't influence them at that age, you're not going to get them, you know? Yes. Yes. I love that. And I actually have a daughter in that age group. And, yeah. um, you know, we do simple things like she loves uh, playing chess. So that's a deeply mm -hmm. strategic you know, game of logic. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also the Rubik's Cube and other ways to which she's already quite quickly exposed to algorithms and this notion mm -hmm. of programming without it being programming mm -hmm. in its core form. So big fan of that. Um, it, it makes such a huge difference. And I'm very watchful of the language I use around it. Yes, because absolutely. Absolutely. Me, very up, important. There was a lot of um, growing up, sometimes you'd hear, oh, maths is hard. Mm -hmm. is it? If you think it is, it is. If you don't, then it doesn't. It's not. It's not. So I think being watchful and conscious of how we're positioning things to the future generations and giving them the opportunity to just pursue what they want to pursue without biases, so important. That's great. That's great. So true. Thank you for that. Um, so this is a selfish question because I love to travel and mm -hmm. I always want to add to my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so where is your favorite place that you've traveled to and why? Oh, Jennifer. Um, okay, I'll talk about my favorite, most favorite recent one. Okay. <laughs> favorite change. Every time I travel, there's a new list, right? Yeah, yep, so, that's good. That means you're learning and growing. Indeed. So Jennifer, if I can tempt you to travel across the pond, uh, my favorite, current favorite is Cornwall, which is the southwestern part of England. Um, and we spent a few days there during the summer and it's just, it's just got a really great vibe. There's ah. great cake everywhere you go, great tea and cake everywhere you go. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a good, nice long coastline as well. So you can spend time on the beach or you can be more inland. It's really up to you how you can, how you want to spend your time. Um, great place to just sort of unwind and spend time with family, very family friendly. So I love um, that. And I haven't been there. I've been to London, but I haven't been to Cornwall because I've just not even known about it. So this is great. Next time then, Jennifer. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love, love, love London. So I'm sure that's going to carry on to, you know, Cornwall where it's going to be so great, but just more low key and not, you know, the city vibe more you know, relaxed vibe is what I'm getting right. from you. I don't know. Yep. Right. More oceanside, you know, yep. just kind of yep. find a little fishing village and like, you know, mm -hmm. settle into a little cottage and uh, enjoy the, the cool breeze. Nice. Nice. Thank you for that. I will definitely put that one on my list. Um, this is so great. Such an honor, honor to have you on the show, Darshini. And if you can share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me, yep. Jennifer. Okay. But I would say put in a little message while reaching out. So I know mm -hmm. that you're reaching out to me after um, hearing the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'd love to know what resonated with you when you reach out. So um, nice. LinkedIn. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you. We'll put your LinkedIn in the uh, notes too, in the show notes. Um, thank you. Thank you again. I truly appreciate it. I know your time is so precious and valuable and you took time 
to help other women by being on the show. And I really, really appreciate you. It's been such a pleasure, Jennifer, and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.